This is your Chargers linebacker, Dan Henley, and you're tuning in with Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jay Kepner and Dale Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online or Athletic Greens and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning in the show, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, we are officially nine days away from Chargers training camp. We have officially made it into the single digits. Pew, pew, Holy pew. Hell. As I said on the live show yesterday morning, God damn it, do we need football back? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do need football back. And to celebrate that, Jake, we have one hell of a giveaway that we are giving our listeners and viewers. Uh, We're going to get into that in a second. Uh, But Jake, first and foremost, how are you, my friend? Nine days remaining. I'm trying my best not to, and you're starting to see the football news creep back in to the mainstream media. You know, you tune on ESPN this morning. Everybody's finally talking about, okay, we've got hard knocks back on officially going for the New York Jets. DeAndre Hopkins over the weekend signs his deal with the Titans. And now just a few minutes ago, obviously, Josh Jacobson, Saquon Barkley did not reach their agreement on their uh, their tags. So who knows what state they're going to be in in terms of their team goes. So it's like, ah, oh, there it is. There's the football news that I have missed since the NFL draft. That that's the type of stuff that I like. And this is right around that time. And, you know, Dan, this is the, the this is that moment where I can no longer say the month in a derogatory type of term. So you cannot. it's it's July and we're nine days away from training camp. The countdown is officially on. Jake Hefner is a happy man to have football back. And to celebrate. Football being back, we have one hell of a giveaway. Uh, thanks to our friends over at Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. Yes, who, yes. If you ever need any sort of Chargers memorabilia, and also he has some other teams too, but if you need memorabilia, he's the place to go to. If you have questions, DM us. But signed custom Justin Herbert jersey. We're giving away the day training camp begins on the 25th. Go to Twitter. Again, I have it up on the screen for those viewing, but for those listening, go to Twitter. Go to our handle. It's the pinned tweet. All you got to do is retweet, follow, subscribe to us on YouTube, and send us a screenshot of your subscription view, and you're entered to win a Justin Herbert signed powder blue jersey. Uh, Exciting times. Nine days away. Jake, uh, I think it's good for us sometimes, and I use the word perspective often, but I think perspective is good to take a snapshot of back in the day, and I say in the day, four or five months ago, fresh off the loss of Jacksonville. We heard a lot of stuff talked about from Telesco, from Brandon Staley, from fans, from critics, everyone, about like what this Chargers team needs. And there's a lot of options and a lot of ideas and a lot of promises that were made in terms of how they are going to fix this team and how could they fix this team. And so Jake and I, we wanted to kind of come up with a way for us to kind of snap the line, rewind the tape, if you will, go back to what they said in January, February. Now that it's July 17th, did they, are they doing what they said that they would do? They being Tom Telesco, Brandon Staley and team. So, This is us kind of holding folks accountable a little bit. 
where things might still be needed or undecided or unknown. Uh, so be prepared. <laughs> Should be a good one. Uh, some fun nuggets in this episode. Uh, Jake, before we get to that over or under, one of the things people talked about a lot at the beginning of this whole offseason was how much the run game needs to improve. Yes. So over or under. Charges were in the high 80s for number of yards rush per game. That's more like it. Let's go over. Let's go 102. I'm going 102 yards per game on the ground, over or under. I got to believe that this, you know, that was a very nice line that you did there. Dan Wolkenstein, you just didn't do the 100 mark. You did the 102 mark. But I'd have to think that getting Rashawn Slater back, retooling this offensive line, inserting Zion Johnson next to Rashawn Slater, putting him next to Corey Lindsley, bringing uh, Jamari Sawyer over to the right next to Trey Pipkins. And yes, let's not forget the offensive coordinator scheme that you were about to insert into this Chargers offense with one Kellen Moore. I would have to believe that with Austin Eckler and we would all assume the I want to I mean it's funny to say the word debut but you kind of have to after a redshirt season for Isaiah Spiller emergence whatever you want to call it the show out for Isaiah Spiller that we're all expecting I would have to assume that this is going to get better but 102 102 I mean in context 102 isn't great it's it, no in the great scheme of things as far as how well other teams run the ball in this league. I understand that. I think but, Dallas had like a hundred, like over one hundred and twenty. See, I like how you're doing this to to me, Dan. In certain situations like this, because in the off season with this much hype, you're catching me in a good mood. And a lot of a lot of very recently, I have gone over on a lot of things. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah, and um, you know nothing's changing today. So over. Okay. Uh, Jake, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Well, just want to make sure that we remind everybody that Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. Always the fastest and easiest way to get all of your sporting uh, sports betting info, including live betting and your uh, and options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your very own home. All you have to do to get into the action is head on over to BetOnline.ag. Uh, head on over to the website, use your mobile device to join, and be sure to use that promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your fifty percent bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So after the 2022 season ended, they were kind of exit interviews, if you will, with Tom Telesco, general manager of the Chargers, and Brandon Staley, head coach of the Chargers. And both of them did exit interviews. They were asked a ton of questions, rightly so, about how to improve this team, what they should expect as fans and as critics and as folks covering the team, what they're hoping for, um, and kind of what went right, what went wrong. And so what we want to do today is rewind the tape. What did they say? And then fast forward to today. Are they doing it? Correct. So Tom Telesco, Brandon Staley. Let's put the spotlight on those two and see if they held their own with this offseason. So, Jake, uh, let's start off with Brandon Staley. And we're getting, I guess I'm going to start with Brandon Staley. And then we can kind of go. One of the things that Brandon Staley talked about, if you remember right, this is on the heels of the Joe Lombardi fiasco and on the heels of that 27 nothing loss and on the heels of, you know, all of the, the clamoring about the Chargers not going deep on offense. Brandon Staley talked about this 
in his press conference, but he said that he is looking for an offensive scheme. This was right after Joe Lombardi was let go, was looking for an offensive scheme that has more firepower, puts more pressure on the defense, and needs his vision to align with the offense and the offensive coordinator. So offensive scheme that needs more firepower, more pressure on defense, and needs to the offensive coordinator needs to align from a vision perspective with him. Jake, did they accomplish that? I would say so. <laughs> I would say so. And remember this, as Dan mentioned, this was just on the heels after Joe Lombardi was let go. So Kellen Moore was not even available out in the public yet. We had no idea that he was obviously going to become available and the Chargers would snap him up a short time later. But this was after this was in the process. And, and Tom Telesco kind of touched on this as well, because he said at that point in time that Justin Herbert was also going to have input on who the next offensive coordinator was. So <laughs> the, the Chargers went through interviews with with Zach Robinson, with Greg Olson, with guys like Wes Phillips and. Uh, Joe Brady had also been requested for an interview at this time. So if you remember those names, these were everybody that the Chargers were interviewing before Kellen Moore became available. And in terms of those aspects, Dan, more firepower, putting pressure on the defense, improving the run game. Yeah, I think Kellen Moore qualifies in all of that. Dan, Dan, put up his stat yesterday during the live show. And I know that he tweeted it out last week. You could see the difference in the, in the production that he had created in Dallas. And especially if we're just talking about two halves of football, Dallas was the ninth highest uh, in points per game in the first half. And then in the second half, Dallas was number one. So yeah, I'd say that that does, you know, scoring points, believe it or not, a philosophy. It's like, a, I, always, I thought that yesterday during when we were talking about the live show, it just seems like such a simple line. It's something like Joe Madden or uh, John Madden would say, where it's just like, yeah, you know, the team that scores the most points at the end of the game, that's going to be the team that's going to end up winning the game. Probably going to win. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, hey, you know, what, what a philosophy. But yes, uh, you mentioned on the second part of that, uh, the, the run game needs to improve. And I think... Telesco and Staley both talked about the importance and you see, again, I think that the Cowboys last year had roughly 50 more yards per game on the ground than the chargers did. And you talk about Pollard and Zeke and now Zeke's still available, but you got Eckler and can Isaiah Spiller be that, but the scheme fit specifically to fix this run game is in place with Kellen Moore. And then the vision we talked about, or Brandon Staley talked about that needing to align him and Kellen Moore, again, remember, this goes back to last training camp. You and I were there. They had the joint practices together. That's when Kellen Moore and him kind of got connected at first, and they saw the number of similarities and clicked immediately. And that vision, that innovation that you see, that you've seen from Brandon Staley on defense. Again, everyone wants to talk smack about the defense and how bad it's been, but they're having glimpses of genius. Go back to that Dolphins game, for example. Uh, Kellen Moore, same thing on offense. Like, he's that good. We're talking about someone who's probably a head coach next year, regardless. Now, it is kind of wild when you say, did they do this? Like, did they get more firepower? Did they put more pressure on the defense? Like, imagine the dichotomy of going from an offense that puts up the 28th most points in the second half and going from that to the offense that puts up the number one points 
in the NFL in the second half. And like, does that bring more pressure? Like, hell yes, it does. When your offense is not scoring, there is no pressure on the opposing team. When your offense is scoring, it puts more pressure on the opposing team. And when you're the most scoring, most scored team in the NFL, highest scoring team in the NFL, excuse me, that's pressure. That's innovation. All that stuff's been widely talked about. So on that mark, I say check, check, check. Absolutely. One other one, Jake, that I thought was interesting was Brandon City talked about this, and I believe this kind of goes into the running game theme is Brandon Staley talked about one of the areas of opportunity that really needs to get solved for is in the offensive line. And they need to add more physicality and finesse and they need more motion on offense and they need to fix the running game. And then he also acknowledged that there was a lot, there's a lack of technique and line of scrimmage fundamentals. And you and I, Jake, we had talked about this like last year, how like that was something glaring where this offensive line just seems so stagnant, especially in the run game. And then you snap the line, go look at what Kellen Moore does and what that Dallas run game looked like. Did they do this one? Again, it's early. We haven't seen it on the field yet, but the steps that they've taken to solve that, do you feel like they have owned that? It's, it's, it's a little bit hard to assess this. And I only say that because this is going to be the first year that we're going to see these five offensive linemen playing together. When I say that, I'm talking about Rashawn Slater next to Zion Johnson, who's in between Corey Lindsley, and then obviously moving Jamari Sawyer over from left tackle to right guard next to Trey Pipkins, who very much improved last year in a contract year for himself. And I'm glad you brought this up because Trey Pipkins and Jamari Sawyer were two players that Tom Telesco uh, praised in his press conference as well, basically saying Jamari Sawyer saved us, which he did when Rashawn Slater went down last year. And then we've seen the progression and the work that Trey Pipkins has put in with Duke Mannyweather going all the way back to last season when he was training with Rashawn Slater. You saw how much better this offensive line was when he was on the field as opposed to when Foster Sorrell was out there. And so the Chargers knew what they had when it came down to it in terms of making him a priority when they re-signed him. And... This is why you're seeing conversations with the Chargers offensive line and some people ranking them the ninth best heading into that se- into this season as far as like PFF goes. The Chargers a offensive conservative. line. A conservative. I mean, <laughs> look, considering what this offensive line has been over these last several years, I will take it. It's definitely probably the best <laughs> offensive line that Justin Herbert has had since he has been here. Fair. It's probably an offensive line that Phillip Rivers could have you know, would have loved to have played behind during his time with the Chargers. So I'll take that. So, but it is, it is hard to assess this question and to say, okay, did the Chargers accomplish this? Because you know, when you put five guys together and then when you have guys that go out for whatever reason, because of injury, you kind of still have to find a gel between these five offensive linemen. So on paper, based off of what these five have already produced, even with it, with it being in different positions, everything looks good. And I would expect Zion Johnson's play to be upgraded playing in between Rashawn Slater and Corey Lindsley. And I would assume that Jamari Sawyer would end up being better having Corey Lindsley's to his left, Trey Pipkins to his right. So I would expect both those guys to improve. You know that this run game in this offensive line is going to be better with Rashawn Slater getting back into the lineup in general. So I'd say that up 
to everything that they can up until this point in July, I think they have done the necessary steps to hopefully get to their goal. I would agree. I think they definitely have focused on the protection aspect, both run and pass. I think the offensive line has gotten beefed up. They even brought in folks to kind of bring in the depth of that and raise the underbelly a bit. Uh, Jake, speaking of protection, talk about something that needs to get protected, which is Mm. your identity. Yes. Let's talk about our friends over at Aura. Please give us 53 seconds every time. Listen to us talk about Aura. Why it's important for you to go to Aura.com backslash charges unleashed and check out how you can improve your personal data protection with Aura. Have you ever Googled yourself and were shocked to see your personal information exposed on one of those public listing sites? <gasps> data brokers are making a fortune selling your information to robocallers, spammers, and others who want to learn more about you, like where you live. We've been trying to reach you concerning your car's extended warranty. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Aura. Aura can identify data brokers exposing your info and submit opt-out requests on your behalf. And brokers everywhere are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to, but they make it super hard to do. So let Aura handle that for you. You could try Aura for up to two weeks using this link that we're going to put up here on the screen. Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats that you cannot see. So make sure to check out Aura.com backslash Charters Unleashed to get a 14-day free trial and see if your personal information has been leaked online. So next up, Jake. Yes. There was an abnormal amount of praise for a one Alohi Gilman mm. at the end of the season last year. Glad you brought this up. And, you know, fast forward from there, he thought, okay, well, Chargers probably have to go the safety route. Again, remember, because you're Adderley since retired. Alohi Gilman now is on his last year of his contract. He thought for sure, especially given how JT Woods performed, they were going to go out and possibly get a safety, possibly early, possibly day two. Who knows? Maybe even possibly day one. still. Possibly still. <laughs> Touche. Uh, you heard Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco talk about Alohi Gilman and kind of praise his development and growth and reliability down the stretch last season. Now you fast forward. Everyone's hyping up Alohi Gilman still. No move happens so far. Do you foresee that being them showing their cards about how much they trusted Alohi Gilman? and not really needing to do anything since then? Or is that them kind of playing it safe and then just things haven't happened or didn't fall in their lap either through the draft free agency or door number three, let's wait till camp. It actually could be all of the above, Dan. It really could. I, you kind of take that into the same realm the way that they talked about the tight end position mm-hmm. because they came out and they talked about it. like, well, you know, the board unfortunately just didn't fall our way. Everybody expected the Chargers to get a tight end one way or another, and it still hasn't happened. It still could happen between now and training camp. Same thing goes with the safety position. And Tom Telesco had his own praise of Alohi Gilman for this as well. And you saw that from him stepping up in that Miami game. The first pass that was thrown by Tua in that game went to Tyree Kill, and Alohi Gilman was virtually with him step for step, and it was an incomplete pass. So... And, and we already kind of knew before even Nasir Adderley ended up announcing his retirement that we already assumed that the Chargers were going to move on from him after the season. Unfortunately, they just weren't uh, to put any, you know, to put together everything that we thought was going to be between the duo between Derwin James and Nasir Adderley and be that free safety, strong safety combo that we had all hoped for. 
And hearing the reviews of Alohi Gilman from Brandon Staley, Tom Telesco then to then translate that fast forward to OTA's mandatory minicamp, Derek Ansley talking about him, Derwin James talking about him. I, Dan, this seems like it's a very, very real possibility. So if the Chargers don't make any move at safety, I don't think anybody should be surprised. I really don't. And I want to just, I want to throw in Michael Davis's name into this as well, because Tom Telesco paired these two when he was talking about it. He, he said, he said, quote, was like, I don't want to necessarily play favorites, but this is him when he was talking about Michael Davis. And this was actually perfect timing that we did this, Dan, because there was a tweet about Michael Davis, or, uh, what was it, late last week, I want to say, and these were based off PFF stats. Michael Davis felt, feels like he's kind of the forgotten man in the secondary because obviously everything's hyped up now with J.C. Jackson coming back. We've seen how Asante Samuel has continued to grow and develop. You get a little bit of the rookie emergence of Jasir Taylor. Michael Davis, according to PFF, Dan, fifth in forced incompletions, 15th in fewest yards uh, per completion, and 12th lowest quarterback rate. 15 forced incompletions. I think if I remember correctly, he had 14 last year that he finished with. And then 15th fewest yards per completion and 12th lowest quarterback rate when he was targeted against. Talk about an underrated asset of your secondary. And it's funny because it's kind of all been quiet on the, on the Western front as it relates to Michael Davis. But I remember last year, there was a lot of talk about, you know, where the Chargers are going to move on from him obviously stretching all the way back to training camp. Bunch of slander. And, and man, when they needed him, when J.C. Jackson went down, did Michael Davis step up. And so what an asset to have still in your, you know, in your backfield the way that you have it now. I don't know what's going to happen as far as the future goes, Dan, but <laughs> you feel like if you can finally get this combination with J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., and Michael Davis to finally come together, that is a lethal a lethal trio that you could have as if, far as your cornerback groups goes. If Asante Samuel Jr. just stays as is, if Michael Davis can just stay as is from a year from a year ago, and then JC Jackson just stays as he was in New England, no hyperbole. That's the best secondary in the NFL. If yes. you add, add Derwin James to that, I don't care who your other safety is. That's the best secondary in the NFL. I, maybe I won't go as far as to say best secondary in who, the NFL. Who is better than that? But I'll, but I'll say that that has the potential to be top five easy. Easy. Okay. Um, it feels like forever ago, Jake, when we were talking about, and fans, critics, pundits, everyone was talking about how slow this Chargers offense was. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> it was talking about how much we were desperate to see some speed injected into this Chargers offense. Give Justin Herbert help. Let Justin Herbert cook. We saw what happened in that playoff game all season last year. No speed. No dynamic playmakers other than the Mike Williams jump ball when healthy. Keen Allen obviously can get open, but we're talking about game-changing speed, game-changing dynamic athleticism, quickness, etc. End of season. Brand Staley and Tom Telesco talked about the desire for more speed. Telesco said they want to add more speed at the wide receiver position. Brandon Staley talked about how speed does help and can benefit a team. Now he wasn't going to go as far as to say like I want and we need to add more speed, but he's not going to show all his cards. 
but they knew the team needed to add more speed. Fast forward, not only is Jalen Guyton re-signed and rehabbing towards 100%, they add the fastest player in college football last year in Darius Davis. Oh, and by the way, number first round pick Quinton Johnston, number one on the Chargers, also added on this team. And they both bring speed and athleticism and dynamic playmaking that this Chargers team and fans and critics have been begging for. So Jake, lead the witness here. How'd they do? I want to just correct you on one thing, Dan, because you talked about the window of time between us, fellow podcasters, media alike, had been talking about this very same thing that the Chargers needed to add speed to this offense. It wasn't just this offseason. <laughs> Go all the way back two offseasons ago when everybody expected the Chargers to select a wide receiver in that draft and add speed to it. That was back with Jameson Williams and Jalen Waddell. Right. And yeah. that did not end up materializing. Oh, it feels like we've been waiting almost a century for something like this. And I applaud Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley for this. And especially just now, as we were talking about yesterday, with what you've seen, even in a small sample size from Quentin Johnston, what Darius Davis is going to be able to inject into this offense, probably even more notably on special teams as a return man, which you obviously need to improve in that stat as well. Dan, you talked about the fastest guy in college football. How about the best return? the returner in terms of statistically goes in college football as well. That's a big get. And I, again, I would love to see a jet sweep work in the chargers favor and what better player to do that than Darius Davis. So yes, in terms of getting speed, I'd say that the chargers plan came true of wishing. It may not have been with the people that some people were expecting the chargers to take. If we were talking about receivers, you know, you go back to the Zay flowers or whatever, but in terms of adding fast weapons to this receiving core that has been lacking for so long. And in a way, because Jalen Guyton only played three games last year before he went down with an injury, you're essentially getting that speed back too. So re-signing him, I thought was a very just under the radar. You know, some people probably would have said, ho-hum, Jalen Guyton's back, but that's just another speed element that is still with this team. So again, we go back to Kellen Moore, Justin Herbert. What's this offense going to look like when we all expect them to keep those top six as far as wide receivers goes? What type of formations are we going to see? Are we finally going to see five receivers out there that we've been clamoring for, much like we see Buffalo do, much like we see Kansas City five do? Re- five do. wide receivers that we want to see out there? Good Lord. I mean, yes, I would say 100% they, they did that. I would agree. I don't have to say anything more. You're totally right. Uh, One question, Jake, that you and I both had that I think everybody was hoping for and was so frustrated that we didn't get to see last year was like, can we get someone in here that can help kind of unleash and uncork Justin Herbert? Like, can we get a scheme in here that can let Justin be Justin? Like, let him roll out. Let him be dynamic. Don't make him just kind of sit in the pocket and dissect, which he can do, but he could do so much more. And, like, can we allow him to be as dynamic as he can be? And when I say dynamic, I see, I say, look at 
what Josh Allen does for that team on the field with your eyes. Look at how much he does. Look at Patrick Mahomes and how much he does. Go back and look at Jalen Hurts and look what he does. Look at Joe Burrow. Look what he does. And what they're allowed to do, I think, is probably the better lens. Like, take the handcuffs was basically, please take the handcuffs off. I think Kellen Moore does that. Like, I, I I know it's early. We haven't seen a snap. We haven't even seen training camp yet. We haven't seen anything. But given the history and given kind of the innovation that we've seen from Kellen Moore since he's been at Boise State, really, I think we're going to see that. I think this is going to be the most fun that Justin Herbert will see to date, more so than the rookie season. What say you? And there's a lot of reasons why this may not have happened last year, either by offensive scheme or by the injuries that Justin Herbert, you know, sustained early on in the season. But you don't have to go any further than to look up Justin Herbert's stats when he becomes mobile. <laughs> they are ridiculous when Justin Herbert gets out of the pocket. I'm not talking about running the football, which Justin Herbert is more than capable of doing. I'm talking about when he's on bootlegs and how accurate he is at throwing the football. You go back to that rookie season and how they were utilizing him then. You're just like, this guy, this guy is insane on the run. To have that type of accuracy, to get outside the pocket and throw the way that he can. And this was, like you said, a lot of frustrating times during the season where the Chargers kind of just were drawing up a quote-unquote vanilla offense. There, was, there felt like there wasn't any creativity in it to it. There wasn't any tactical ways to try to confuse the defense and get somebody in one-on-one coverage and open the field up for Justin Herbert. So do I think that Kellen Moore is going to do that based off of what he did in four years in Dallas with Dak Prescott and how they utilized him in that scheme? I think you're going to get the best version of Justin Herbert. Yes, I 100% agree with you on that because of everything that Justin Herbert has learned because the weapons that you have around him and this offensive scheme, I don't see any reason why Justin Herbert cannot be, as some analysts like to put out in their rankings today, the top five quarterbacks in the league. He should 100% earn that ranking this season in this offense. Last one from me. Uh, I think, Jake, one of the things that we saw... And as much as we would love to see Justin Herbert be Superman and take over, I think what is important, and we heard Tom Telesco and Brandon State talk about this at the end of the season, we talked about the importance of balance on offense. And last year, they just went, they were way skewed towards un, unbalanced offense. Rushing play percentage, Jake, last year, the Chargers were 31st in the NFL. They ran the ball second least in the entire NFL at just under 35% of the time. Dallas, ninth most, 47.3%. Now, you look at some of the best teams in the NFL. Jake, these are all folks in the top, let's just say, top 10, okay? San Francisco in the top 10. Philadelphia in the top 10. Baltimore in the top 10. Dallas, top 10 good company. Now you look at the bottom half, right now, Kansas city, 38%, Miami, 38%. Kansas city was 25th, Miami, 26th. 
28th was Cincinnati, 37.71. Now, both sides of the spectrum can be good, but you can't be that skewed. You just can't be. So do I expect them to run the ball, you know, ninth most in the NFL this year? No. But like, I would rather see them somewhere in like the 20 to 25 range would be great. Like get them in the same range as a one, you know, Mahomes ish, you know, Mahomes was 25th, Miami 26th, Cincinnati 28th. So like something in that range, even 28th, honestly, might be a little much for me. They need to be more balanced. And they brought an office coordinator that I think is focused on that, or at least leans more that direction than what we had previously. And I think they have a scheme. And I think they have the personnel now with the offensive line to implement it. Again, like you said, first time we're seeing all of these guys together. So do you think that they answered the need for balance so far, given what they could show us? Everything up until this point says yes. Everything up to this point, you would assume that while Austin Eckler's stats were fantastic the last two years, the overall running performance from him in terms of overall yardage could improve. We're maybe not talking about the great fantasy numbers that he put up over the last two years, leading the league in touchdowns, but just in general, as far as getting this offense to be more balanced between the passing game and the run game, one helping the other. I would have to assume that the running game is going to improve from a number of different facets. So bringing more balance to it, everything that's everything that you could do up until this point, until ultimately regular season execution, I would say has been done. Dan, one more from, uh, from me, uh, unless you have anything else, but Tom Telesco was addressing the injuries during his final press conference. This is of course tied into the whole Mike Williams debacle of week 18 when he ultimately ended up getting injured. And he was talking about, you know, the whole injury aspect and it kind of being an unfair stat because two years ago in 2021, the Chargers were one of the the most healthiest teams in the league. And then, of course, in 2022, they become one of the most injured teams in the league. So you'd really just have to this. This goes hand in hand with partially his coaching. But I think the aspect as far as what this shows about, did they do something about it? So. Tom Telesco said then in January that they would be reevaluating their training staff, which they did. And they ultimately ended up making some changes. So they ended up moving on from Damian Mitchell, who had been with the organization for 24 years, spent six years as the athletic trainer. They ended up promoting uh, Marco Zocconi to director of player health and performance. And then they brought in Sal Lopez, who was the athletic trainer for the Tennessee Titans for five seasons. So again, does that mean that that's going to equal an injury-free Chargers team? Not at all. <laughs> but in terms of at least being accountable, looking at some s- situation to say, okay, we need to find a different thing here to make this work, to hopefully make this better. I think the Chargers making that move, um, and it kind of flew under the radar. It, 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 it didn't. It, that promotion actually happened fairly recently. It was, it was actually just last month that they did that. Yeah. Um, but at least in terms of changing that circumstance, because I know a lot of people have been wondering, it's like, God, it's like the Chargers still have this same training coordinator or this head person in, in this position as far as overseeing injuries goes. So again, doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to equate to an injury-free season, but in terms of taking accountability, assessing that situation, the Chargers went out and did that move. 
I agree. And that's a big one. And I think that was one that a lot of people were asking for. Uh, can this team be more balanced? Can they be better than the fifth best, fifth worst, excuse me, rushing team in the NFL? They got to be better. They just have to. Uh, Jake, anything else you want to tell the great friends before we head out of here? That's uh, again, it. This is, this is a rewind the clock, fast forward the clock, make sure, kind of put things in perspective. Interesting thoughts. I think a lot of this is still up in the air, still TBD, but so far, I think they have done what they said they were going to do. They being Tom Flesco and head coach Brandon Staley. Pivotal year. We've talked about this many times. Extremely important. This is a franchise-altering year for the Los Angeles Chargers. We'll be here every step of the way. Uh, that's going to do it for Chargers Unleashed. For Jake Hefner, Dan Wilkenstein, we'll talk to you guys next time. See you later. 